Disclaimer. The Reached Podcast is a no-judgment zone, a safe place to discuss personal experiences or situations you've overcome or still dealing with, as well as strengthen your spiritual journey into Christ and grow into the best version of you physically, emotionally, and mentally. The conversations will be more than surface level and may cause an emotional response. So remember, this space is for the truth, growth, and compassion to become the healed and best version of ourselves. Now, let's hop into today's episode. Hey, you guys, it is me, your sister, friend, cousin, daughter, next door neighbor, and homie, Lydia. Welcome back to the Reach Tangout. For June, I have decided to introduce another series called My Testimony, and we are now in the final parts. We are now in part four of the four-part series, and I am just overwhelmed with so much emotion with our special guests coming in, discussing their testimonies into discipleship. In other words, being a follower in Christ, including today's episode. So in part one, it was me. I gave my testimony about identity. In part two, we had Miss Daniela Ponce, and she talked about having a conditioned mindset and other gems. In part three, we had King Sedaris. He spoke about learning to accept God's peace and deliverance with other takeaways. And today, y'all, today, there's another guest. We have our final guest to wrap up this whole entire series. So let's grab our beverage of choice, snacks, and a notepad, or go to the notes section on your phone while I give today's introduction. So I am with someone today who is a board game creator, fantasy slash storytelling enthusiast, and a dancer for 14 years on and off. Also, this person loves to pursue God and serve God wherever he is. Ladies and gentlemen, let's clap it up today for our guest, Christopher Perea. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And you did a good job on the last name, Pedata. <laughs> Thank you. So, y'all, if y'all knew the story behind it, like, I was just so in my head. I was like, hopefully I pronounced his last name correctly. And I did. So thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I greatly appreciate it. And here at The Reach Hangout, we like our listeners to get comfortable and feel safe about telling their truth because this is a safe place. So that's why I encourage to get a beverage, a snack, grab your notepad, or you can use your phone to jot down notes from the discussion to better ourselves now and for future reference. Personally, for me, I usually bring water on the podcast to stay focused and to not make any other sounds while recording in the microphone. But enough about me. Do you have a beverage of choice with you today, sir? I kept it simple. I have water. But... I will say my favorite drink is a Brazilian soda called Guarana, G-U-A-R-A-N-A. It's like a fruit and it's one of my favorite sodas. It's like a green thing, like it's green and then it has like these like red cherries as like the logo for it. 
it's it's a good a very common drink that you can find in florida or any other state where a lot of brazilians live so like connecticut new jersey new york parts of california thank you for giving us a recommendation now we're all gonna try it and that's on period well i can't speak for everybody else but i'm gonna try it so (laughs) i'm pretty sure everyone is super duper uber ecstatic to get into the final episode and everything else so if you are ready let's jump into today's discussion called my testimony all right awesome so let's get into it Sometimes our walk in Christ can seem lonesome and we forget that we're not alone and we have support. Yes, God allows himself to be accessible to us, but he will also align us with fellow purpose mates to give us that boost of encouragement in any area of our life for a season or permanently. Today's discussion isn't an interview, but a conversation on where we have been and where we are going now led by God. I will interject occasionally when needed, but Chris will have the floor for this episode. Now, here's what you guys have all been waiting for, the testimony. So Chris, to start off today's discussion, I'm going to ask you this. How were you navigating life before devoting your life to Christ? Well, I was just kind of focused on my desires or things that would bring me purpose. So kind of before Christ, which again, I've always believed in God just because I grew up in the church. My parents were very faithful people. So there was never a moment that I didn't believe in God necessarily. But God always felt like it was my parents' God and never my God. So for the first, I want to say like 18, 20 years of my life, that's how it really felt. Like I was interested in the Bible. I had interest in people's testimony. I had an interest in God, but it always felt like he was distant from me, even though he never really was. Like I still prayed to God, but I always put my desires in front of what God kind of had in my life. And that's what God got me into like a lot of the situations that I ended up getting into. My desires may not be the best thing and things that I desire a lot. Like I desire a lot of sweets. Like a lot. <laughs> like I like chocolate chip cookies. I like chocolate milk. I like having chocolate milk with chocolate chip cookies, you know? So mm-hmm. like if I could, I would have that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I would have it every day. But it's not the best thing for me. Even though like it's something that I really desire and it tastes really good and in the moment it tastes really good. It's not the best thing for me, you know? Not a lot of people desire to really work out, but working out is something that's very good for you. Getting them just physically active is something that's very good for you. But it's not always something that you're going to desire. All That was kind of like the big thing was like, I always, when I navigated life beforehand, it was always focused on my desire and making my life seem more important. And you know, one thing I do want to point out that you said that really resonated with me when you said, I knew about God, but I viewed him as my parents' God and not my God. And something that my parents have always told me growing up, they was like, I want you to learn to love God as your God. Like he's the same, but my parents view God as their God in certain situations because he did certain things for them. But now we have to go to God and say, okay, God, 
I want to view you as my father. Show me how you can father me in my life. Show me how you can keep me in my life. So that was something that really resonated with me when you said, I viewed him as my parents' God, even though he's your God too. And then another thing, when you said your desires and you said how chocolate could be a desire, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily good for you. Too much indulging in chocolate is not good for you. You can have cavities, you know, health issues. There's a lot of things that comes with engaging in too much of of something. And so since you were focusing on that moment of whatever fulfills your purpose before Christ, can you give us an example of that? Like dive into it a little bit more. Like what did you spend your days focusing on? Yeah. So, and one of the things, one of the big things was always like something that piqued my creativity. So dance was a very big focus in my life, which is crazy because God kind of used dance to bring me closer to him. Mm-hmm. You know, so in the 90s, the Miami dance scene, like the Miami break dancing scene was known as like the craziest scene. And it used to be like one of the meccas of the world. But there was like, a lot of people that were like, yo, that scene's crazy. Like they're too much. And from the mid 2000s on, for whatever reason, and this is really just a God thing. There was a place that opened up called Catalyst in 2000 and they had practice spots in churches and they started throwing events in churches. Even here in Orlando, shout out to Toledo. He threw a lot of dance events every year in a church. So there was like a lot of dance battles for whatever reason that were happening in churches. And they would always end up sharing the gospel. It's giving Christian <laughs> step up. It was it was really cool. Like it was some of the most raw events that you will ever see is like some of the craziest battles you'll ever see. But like it was really interesting because in the midst of like all this aggression, all these people going through a lot of these turmoils and like you see God still reaching out, you know. And mm-hmm. so it was very, very interesting because even through dance where like dance was kind of my purpose, like that was what I put my identity in. God was still like reaching out to me. And then so it was like dance, like anything that I hit creatively that I thought people would find interest in. That's who I was. So I was a dancer. I was a comedian. Like I did stand up comedy. I was a writer because I wrote a lot of like short films and stuff like that. So I, I viewed myself as a writer. So I like those things kind of filled my desire. And then on top of that, when you start looking for kind of approval and looking for things to satisfy, I started driving a lot towards relationships, specifically like with women and, and a lot of like physical relationships hooking up with people, falling into lust and really using lust as kind of like a platform to fulfill like this desire. That was kind of like, I never really got into drinking, never really got into smoking. Those weren't my things. Never really had interest in them. I thought it was too much money. But my drug of choice ended up being lust, you know, mm-hmm. like the thing to distract myself from whatever feelings I had ended up being sex, ended up being like porn, meeting up with people. That was like kind of like my desire of like, that was kind of like, okay, let me distract from this feeling of like loneliness or this feeling of like inadequacy or this feeling of like, I don't feel like my life's moving the way I want it to move or I'm not moving forward. And I would end up using like sex to kind of drive me forward. Yeah, because, you know, when you start doing something it creates this hunger. You have to continue to feed that sin because that's something that you use to deviate. That was your coping mechanism to handle and deal with a lot of things. So we just have to be mindful in those situations and moments. But like you said, like I wasn't really focusing on the God aspect, even though God was leaning into me, even though God was reaching to save me, to console me, to be the keeper and the provider that he is in my life. 
it was just like, I want to feel my desires. I want to feel my voice. I want to feel my needs. I want to feel whatever I think is best for me in that moment and in that situation. What was that breakthrough moment for you in those moments of just self-indulging? You were moving more on your physical desires versus God's desires. But when did you get to that point of, okay, I think I want a relationship with God now because I'm kind of done with whatever I thought that I wanted and I needed and I desired. So I looked at other people's lives, Um, specifically like I looked at how my friends grew up. I looked Mm -hmm. at how I grew up. I looked at how when I stepped into a home where both parents were Christian and both parents genuinely believed in God versus a home where parents didn't. And I noticed, I was very well aware of this, that I'm like, there's a different piece that's in those homes that isn't in homes where there isn't Christian parents, you know? So for me, I've always wanted to be a father. That has been a thing for me since I was young. I've always wanted to be a dad. I used to joke a lot with my friend where I would say like, if I could have a kid like right now before getting married and then figure out the marriage thing later, I would, you know, like that was always like a joke. I always knew that I wanted to be a dad, but like I always wanted to make sure I did it right. So the big things were me for obviously was like me to find a wife. Not saying that a single parent household can't work, but it's just statistically speaking, it's something that is more functional and that's how God built it. And then as well as from my perspective, I saw those differences in the homes where I saw like peace in one home. I didn't see peace in another home. So I always knew that like, hey, whenever I was in a serious relationship, I would feel this need to start getting right with God. So first kind of serious relationship was in high school, towards the end of high school, where I was a senior in high school. The girl was a junior and we dated for about a year. In the midst of that year, that's when I tried getting closer with God. She was Muslim. And I'm trying to drag this girl into a religion that goes against her religion to try getting right with God. And I was like, oh, if I end up marrying this girl, I would want us to both believe in Christ. Mm -hmm. So obviously that didn't work and our relationship didn't work out by the end of it. And before that, I wasn't in a position to to try sharing the gospel with this girl. That breakup was really, really hard. That's when I decided to delve deeper into lust. And then I ended up meeting another girl. In that second relationship, I was like, no, I'm going to treat this relationship very serious. My goal is going and, and I'm going to start getting right with God. So in the midst of our relationship, she didn't really care. She was just kind of like, we live in the world. I figured out what's going on in the world, you know, mm-hmm. but I ended up convincing her to go to church and she really liked it, but it was too far. And she ended up kind of not being okay with my addiction to porn. Um, in the midst of our relationship. Because like, if you're someone who's struggling with a porn addiction or a lust problem, those things don't end because you get into a relationship. Thanks. So because when it comes to a lust problem, a lot of the times people who deal with lust, there's two main issues. There's one, you want to have sex and lots of it. And then the other issue is that you want variety. And that's where a lot of... So like marriage can only fix one of those things. And even at that, if the person isn't down for it, it can't really fix any of those things. So just because I was in a relationship now doesn't stop me from, one, wanting variety. And two, I didn't physically cheat on her. But I, again, I was lusting after other women by watching porn, by still talking to cam girls, you know. So we ended up breaking up. And amongst that breakup, that's when I started really pursuing God. So I was like, look, you know, I tried pursuing it in the midst of a relationship. I'm going to try pursuing God now that I'm not in a relationship. And I was still like pursuing God while still like pursuing my ex. Like I was kind of trying to get back with her, but I was like sprinting after God and she was kind of like walking, inching towards God. 
and I'm trying to bring her with me on the journey that I'm on, but she's kind of like still distant. And so because we're moving at these different paces, it was difficult because I was trying to deal with my situation of lust. And then the other thing too is like also like in the long run, what I realized as well is like I should have had accountability partners and I should and they should have been men at the church. Person that I tried using as an accountability partner was at the time girlfriend was my ex. So it wasn't working because anytime I would stumble, she would stumble with me. And then I was still kind of like going towards God, but like not really like still stumbling, still struggling with this lust situation. We ended up breaking up. And then once we break up, I'm like, none of my relationships are going to work. I'm not already built a relationship with God before I start dating. You know, he says he makes us whole. Like he brings two whole people together, not two struggling people, but two whole (laughs) people. Yeah, exactly. So that's when I decided to like, that's what was like the moment, that second breakup, I want to say was the moment where I was really, really down and I was struggling a lot, but that's when I was like, okay, I want to pursue God. That's when I started reading the Bible a lot more. That's when I was trying to understand what, like what I believed and really understand what the Bible said. And that's when I started keeping a journal and that's when I kind of was like really focused and like God put specific men in my life during that time to kind of help build me out of the hole that I was in. So first was the youth pastor at the church that I was going to at the time and also the community pastor, which is a really cool Jamaican guy named Garfield. So we had Pat, who was the youth pastor, who out of coincidence was one of the first DJs for the breakdancing events that I used to go to. Uh, By the time like I started breaking, he was like out of the scene. He was kind of already focused more on doing pastoral things, which is crazy. Like just out of like God ended up putting this man back in my life and kind of had this like cross section of interest. So it was really, really cool. And then I had Pastor Garfield and they really helped me out. But that church, my ex was still going to at the time. And it was far from my house. It was all the way 40 minute drive from my house. So I ended up deciding I need to find a new church. I need to find a church that's close to me. So I found a church that was close to me. And in that church, I ended up connecting with a guy named Braden. And Braden was the worship leader. And the same time that I started going to that church, I think like two weeks later, he like got hired to be at that church. So we ended up, because we were both new to the church, you know what I mean? We both had mutual friends and stuff. And he decided to have lunch with me every single week. And we would go through a book called Swipe Right. It basically talked about sex, but it talked about other things. Like it had grander ideas than just sex. Like, you know, the book opened up with talking about how Esau gave up his blessings and gave up what God gave him literally just for some soup. And it just kind of paralleled into our lives. Like, well, we give up things that God has for us sometimes just for a quick moment. Yes. And I have said this before, but God will give us like a full circle moment. We think we're running away from God and we would end up taking our tails in this big old circle (laughs) back to the starting point where we were in the very beginning of just seeking him for who he is and just understanding that in growing in God, we have to focus on ourselves like what you said i sort of kind of dread this girl to come to church i sort of kind of dread this girl to be faithful and to love god but i was neither in a position to be faithful and to love god and it's like we have to be an example for ourselves 
that's what I tell people all the time. If you want to be an example to the world, you have to be an example to yourself and understand for me to become whole, for me to become saved, for me to be the steward over whatever God has placed into my hands, I have to seek him first. We have to understand not everybody is meant for the journey. This person cannot heal you. This person can input, plant something in you, like plant a seed to encourage you. But the only person who can heal us is our heavenly father. And once we realize that I need to remove myself out of my desires, out of my flesh and what I think. And once you understand that you are building a relationship with him, nothing else matters because wherever you follow God, God will fulfill you like God is the peace. God is the wholeness. God is the pureness. When you engage and root yourself in God, you will want that desire and you will have that hunger to say, I want to continue to obtain this peace. So how can I obtain that? So it's like really good for you to acknowledge like I can't influence anybody to do anything. I have to do this for myself. I have to realize in this moment, this isn't about them. This is about me. And I really want a relationship with God. And it's good that God gave you that full circle moment. So now that you realize like in that moment, you have a hunger, you have a thirst, you have everything that you want to continue a relationship with with God, what have you physically seen change in your life from accepting him in that moment to now being where you are today? Honestly, um, contentment is a big one. I still struggle sometimes, but I think that was a big issue that I had to deal with for a while where God places me. So that was a big one, being okay with being where I'm at. There was a period of time while I was going to the church where I was meeting up with Brayden, there was a period of time where I wasn't in school. I was working at Whole Foods and God recently told me during that time to let go of my desire. So all of the creative things that I had, I let go. So all I was doing was literally working at Whole Foods, going to church and going home. And then obviously pursuing God. That's all I was doing. That's all I had. So a lot of people would ask me, it's like, oh, what are you doing, Chris? Or like, what's your life plan? And I'm like, right now I'm working at Whole Foods and I'm following Christ. I don't have anything else planned for the future. Uh, right now, this is kind of where I'm at. And, and God really blessed me in that season. He blessed me to put me in a position where I ended up leaving that church. I went to another church. I got discipled by the head pastor at that church. And like, I always, again, like growing up, I always believed in God. But I can never, if someone challenged me on God, if someone challenged me on Christ, I wouldn't be able to have an answer or return. It wouldn't be, it would be very easy to probably dissuade me. So that 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 was a big one, which is kind of like being aware of what I believe and why I believe. Having peace with both my parents around me has been real blessing. And then also now, I, I feel like I have the ability to be completely open with the people that God has surrounded me with. God bless that I have the family that I do, um, the girlfriend that I have, the church community that I'm at right now, and also like my best friend to really be open to be able to share the things that I'm struggling with, which again, the struggles are different, but now they're a lot easier to tackle because I know who's helping me out. God has been a real guiding hand during this season and has been a real blessing to my life. And he's just, he's always working. But um, something that was always really interesting to me or something that someone said to me that I thought was really interesting was uh, I was talking to a friend of mine. I'm like, yeah, you know, like God is really working in my life right now. He's like, no, 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 Chris. He's always working in your life. But sometimes you aren't aware 
of where he's working in your life. And he needs to like wake you up and be like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> so sometimes it's like for those who live alone, I'm sure you've never had this experience. But for those of you who do live with people, specifically if you live with people that you love, sometimes like you're at home and maybe you're in your room for a really long time. And then you're almost not sure if someone else is in the house. <laughs> and you kind of need to like step out and check real quick and be like, oh yeah, there's people here still. <laughs> yeah, like let me know. I just want to make sure it's my people and not somebody else. So I mean, you know, I'm a check. I'm a check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just kind of like that where it's like sometimes we're in these seasons where we feel like God isn't moving, and then all of a sudden, like you step out real quick and you're like, oh hey, you're still here. And he's like, Yeah, I got you. You know? And again, just seeing how God continues to move in our lives, continues to move in the lives of the people around us it's so beautiful so it's really beautiful that's what's really beautiful about the church as a whole and i'm a very big advocate for even if you had church i understand and blah blah blah. but the church is such an important part of what was able to get me out of what i got out of because even like moving here to orlando that's where i was able to make friends that's where i was able to meet people i was talking to about it with one of the people at, at my church where we did a small group and me and him were talking about small groups and how it's really cool how you have this opportunity to build a relationship with people. But when you're an adult and you're out of school, you're the only places that you're making friends is work, church. If you don't have church, you're making, you're doing hobbies and work and hobbies is only going to take it so far because once you stop working at a place, there's not this mutual thing anymore where you guys see each other often. If you're doing a hobby, for example, if you're doing volleyball, sometimes that's as far as it goes is volleyball. Like, Oh, Hey, we're playing volleyball together. And then that's where the relationship ends. But when it comes to something where it's like, oh, we both believe in a creator who cares about us and loves us. And because he called us to love on others, we're here to love on each other. Even though we're not perfect and we're messed up and we're doing our struggles, there's a place where we can come and fellowship. And where I'm struggling with something currently, you struggle with this thing in the past and you're able to help me out from my struggles. Or even something as simple as like getting a job. Like if you go to, to certain churches and like you just got fired from a job or if you are struggling with the job if you ask around sometimes there'll be a job opening there for you sometimes there'll be someone who'll be like hey look man i don't have a job for you but i have a friend i know he's hiring let me help you out i literally was like talking about that with someone at our church and that's a big blessing you wouldn't be able to have that opportunity if you aren't in a community because sometimes it's jobs or it's things that you wouldn't even think about because you're in a community because God placed you in a certain community, you might have found a new passion or a new opportunity that you would have never thought about doing. But because God was able to place you into that community and fellowship, you have this new opportunity in your life to be able to do different things. I completely agree. I always tell people, if you're struggling to make friends at church, or if you're someone who's a little bit more introverted, if you just linger at like either one serve, if you serve, you'll make friends, you'll, you'll talk to new people, but if you don't feel comfortable serving yet, just linger, just hang out, get there, get to church early, stay a little bit after and someone will come up and talk. Just take the plunge and go because I was one of them people. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And I ended up doing it. And now I have friends that I have met through the church. Like I met Chris through the church. I met his girlfriend through the church. I met majority of all my friends I have met through the church since being here. Look for a church where you know you can be consistent at being there because like that's just how humans are. You need to have a level of consistency to be able to build up uh, a relationship with other people. If there's no consistency, there's no way that someone can really get to know you. So there needs to be a level of consistency in people's lives. Maybe the first church you go to, it isn't the best church for you. Maybe the second church that you go to isn't the church for you. But 
maybe the third or fourth one is. I think it's really, really hard. And I think a lot of confusion happens when you don't have a community behind you and when you don't have people fellowshipping with, because it's really hard. It's really hard to just run this race on your own. You know? Yeah. And that's why I said, like, we're not alone and we have the support. We just have to continue to allow God to align us to our support with also putting in the works. That doesn't mean I'm going to stay in my house for the rest of my life and God will send me friends. That's not how that works. <laughs> you have to take the opportunity and find a community, ask God to navigate you like the church that I go to. My mom found that church because I was kind of iffy about searching and looking for a church. So my mom found the church and I was like all right cool I'm gonna try it out and I like it versus me standing at home and saying no I ain't, I ain't finna go outside and find no church like you just have to put in the work and ask God to guide you in that path so it was really good that you pointed out that God brought you peace that you noticed in your relationship with him he brought you contentment like really being a steward and you did mention like certain things like you do struggle because we're not perfect nobody's perfect we struggle we go through things and situations and circumstances and in your struggles what is something that you would say to assist someone in a situation that they may be struggling in their faith just kind of like the things that i've gone through just know that it is a process and it is something that's going to take time and just be okay with you're not going to have all the answers right away there used to be this popular thing popular contradiction that people like to throw at where jesus was leaving the city and then in another gospel it was the same story, but Jesus was heading towards the city. And so, like, for years, people were like, that doesn't make sense. Like, how can Jesus be leaving a city and going towards the same city in the same story? Uh, later on, they, they this is like a recent discovery. I think in the last, like, uh, 15, 20 years, they found out that it was actually twin cities. So that's mm-hmm. why he was able to leave and he was able to, to go towards the same cities because it was twin cities. So... Sometimes you're not going to have answers to things right away. Just be patient and God will give you those answers. And in that meantime, kind of focus on what God's trying to teach you in that moment. Because in your life, you're, you're going to have three different types of people. You're going to have your mentors, which is going to be the people who are going to guide you. And sometimes that's a, that's a pastor. Sometimes that's a leader in the church. Sometimes that's someone who's not maybe have the title of leader, but they are someone who has more experience than you do. And they're really able to minister into your life. Then you have your peers, like people who are mutual friends and kind of going on the journey with you. For example, I have Lydia, I have my sister, I have my girlfriend, I have some of the men at church, and my best friend, Caleb. So I have different people who I would consider peers who are like going through the walk with me. And then at some point in your walk, you're going to have people that you're going to disciple because we're all called to make disciples. So things that you need to really grow is finding someone that can can really mentor and guide you. This isn't someone that you should worship. This is just someone to help guide you closer towards the thing that you're supposed to worship, which is God. I like how you pointed that out. Like, don't idolize. Find somebody to encourage, to influence, to help you see things. But also remember, like, we're all human. We're all flawed. We all go through situations and circumstances that may rub us each differently the wrong way. And you can't view them as your savior, but view them as an aid, a help, a helping hand in so many words. Like, I have questions. I know that you read this before. Do you have any insight on this and stuff like that? Like basically piggybacking off of everything that you said, because that was really good that you pointed those things out. 
But final question to wrap it all up. Why do you still choose to follow God today in the now? Well, my favorite book in the Bible is uh, the letters of John. And in the letters of John, it asks a question and it answers it, which is like, why do we love God? Because he loved us first. And ultimately, that's why I continue to pursue God, because he loved us first, because he pursued us first. He just pulls me right back in, finds a way of just saying, hey, I'm here. I still love you. That continuous demonstration of him loving me first has been the reason that I've been pursuing God. Just kind of briefly, there is opportunities for me to make money in the midst of that season where I was really struggling with lust. And I'm so happy, like looking back with hindsight, I'm so happy that I wasn't able to make the money that I was supposed to make. Because if I did, I know all of that money would have gone into my desires and would have delved me into a deeper hole than I was in that moment. So it was grace that God gave me. Like God always provided for me and all my needs were met. But if I made the money, I probably wouldn't be talking to you here today because I don't know where my life would have gone. That's good. That's good. A lot has been said during this whole series and it has been blessing me. So a lot of what you said really resonated with me. And before we close out today's conversation, I do want to say thank you so much for being vulnerable with us at the Reach Podcast. I'm pretty sure my SBCs got some major, major takeaways because I have as well. So I really want to say thank you again, Chris, for coming on the podcast. And I also want to quote out these two scriptures and then I want to pray us out. But the two scriptures are this. It's Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, NIV version, and it says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. So we have to remember that we must persevere and allow our imperfections to be healed through God and the blood of Jesus. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 through 24, the message version of the Bible, it says this. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who has called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. So let me pray you guys out. And whether you are in need of a healing, whether you are needing clarity, whether you are needing whatever you need God to do, he can meet you wherever you are in this moment. So you guys just bow your heads if you can. If not, still listen to the sound of my voice. But here you go. God, we just thank you for this moment and this opportunity of fellowship to hear the words that you have spoken through every one of your children as your vessels and your stewards. God, I ask and I pray that every listener, every guest, anybody who is attached to us, that you fill them up in your spirit, that you give them that revelation that they may be looking for, that you give them that peace 
that unconditional love, that everlasting faith and confidence in you, that what you have spoken over them shall come to pass and give them that reassurance that no matter what they may be facing, no matter what they may be going through, that you are with them forever and always. And there is nothing that they can do that will make you turn your back against them. So God, I ask and I pray that you just fill us all in the spirit. I ask and I pray that you just continue to cover us and to keep us and to hear our heart's desires and to continue to allow us to walk in your will and your purpose and your way. And God, we just want to say thank you for the grace. We want to say thank you for keeping us even in our moments where we did not deserve to be kept. You still kept fighting for us. So God, we thank you for that. We glorify you for that. And we just praise you for that. God, thank you for being a father. Thank you for being a healer, a way maker, a protector. Thank you for being the alpha, the omega. Thank you for just washing us in the blood of Jesus for us to know that we are complete and whole through you. And we lack nothing if we continue to plant ourselves in you. So God, just hear every person's heart, hear their needs, meet their desires, help them to grow, help them to not faint, help them to be filled in the spirit of you. And God, we just ask and we pray that you continue to make yourself evident in our lives forever and always in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. Our heavenly father sees us. He's right there knocking at the door, like the Bible say, as a gentleman waiting for us to receive him in so we can commune with him and is waiting to provide us with that unconditional love, protection and healing. So let's not minimize ourselves from our growth and from a relationship with God, because he will never leave us nor forsake us, y'all. But before we officially close out, even though I don't said it 20 million times, Chris, do you have any add ons? Like we prayed before, I really hope that there is some takeaways that my testimony does bless someone and that if someone is struggling with lust or if someone is struggling with some sort of addiction, I really, really pray that you're able to seek out help, you're able to find people who are able to help you. And I think the best thing is to really seek out someplace that you can fellowship because having people to hold you accountable is one of the best decisions that you can have because they are what's going to allow you to get out of the hole that you're in. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me for the final part of the four-part series. (laughs) I'm just finally happy that this has all came into fruition and everyone on here gave their testimony. It was a blessing. So again, Chris, I want to say thank you so much for joining me at the Reach Hangout. And thank you. That's all I can say is thank you. Thank you so much, Lydia. Thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to be able to share my testimony. No problem. Well, our time at The Reach Tangout has come to an end. If you have enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like, follow, share respectful thoughts in the comment section, share slash tag a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Your girl is on the podcast. And make sure your post notifications are on to know when the next episode drops. Plus, keep up with my YouTube channel, Lydia's Chronicles, by subscribing, liking, and commenting so I know that you found me. And all of my socials will be linked in the description box. If no one has told you this today, I love you. 
God loves you and Jesus loves you too. But other than that, this is your sister, friend, cousin, daughter, next door neighbor, and homie, Lydia, signing off until we meet again. P.S. We must remember the end game on here is to grow to be the best versions of ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually with hope. With God, y'all, I love you, SBCs. I enjoyed my testimony series so, so, so much. And I just want you to know that God loves you. God cares about you and you are valued. God does not want you to feel like you're alone because he is with you every step of the way and he is willing to give you that support and that warm embrace of peace. But other than that, y'all, I love y'all so, 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 so much, SBCs. And until we meet again, bye.